Awesome stuff. Hi, Blair. Hi, Tarie. Oh, my God. Okay, so how are you this fine day? I am pretty good. I've, I'm feel- <laughs> I'm starting to kind of feel zen in lockdown at this point. Um, you know, just getting getting stuff done, uh, doing yoga, which is weird. I can't do Fair a whole lot of it because I'm so unfit. But uh, you know, <laughs> I will I will die of of not moving. So I better do oh it. Oh my god! Like legitimately. I literally went for a run this evening. I don't go for runs. I hate running. What has become of us? Why is this our lives now? I don't know. But this is lockdown. And it's just like, and I was just like, I need to get out of this house. Or I'm going to start like smearing feces on the wall like a caged animal (laughs) in a zoo or something. Yeah, yeah. I I get you. I get you. I took myself. And went out running when I hate running. It's it's pretty intense, you know. Like I I found, <laughs> um, excuse me, um, I find that over the last kind of week or so, when I've been working from home, it's really hard to switch off, um, mm. because you've you've just got you're kind of setting up your workspace at home, and I suppose you mm. are really aware of this as a freelancer. Um, I'm part time mm. freelance, um, and full time at a college, uh, or, or four days at a college, I should say. Um, but like kind of working from home and trying to find that balance, like, you know, you get started at nine at the usual time and then just keep yeah. going. And it's really hard to stop because you're like, well, I'm in my workspace now. And if I'm in my workspace, I should be working. And it's kind of this in- intense thing. Um, exactly. But like, it's, it's weird. Like I've turned like the kitchen Because it's the most spacious, like, friendly room in the house. And it's got, like, a big table. That's Mm. now my base of operations. It's where I record from. It's where I, like, everything. Like, my cameras are in here. Like, my microphones and everything. Yeah. I'm I'm also set up in my kitchen. I'm not in my kitchen right now. um, Mm. Because it's it's dinner o'clock. And my flat might might want to use the kitchen. But... um, I'm kind of in there most of the week um, with my desk and keyboard. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of this really intense little setup. <laughs> really, I'm boxed into this one part of the room behind a piano and a desk and a microphone and all the cables trapping me in. But, um, you know, it's, oh my God, it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. Oh, this is just life. Do you think we're ever going to get out like, of the times of COVID-19? I don't know. I, I think this might be it for us now, you know. We're, we're no, these are, not going to be trapped. This, this is this our is lives. It. This is our lives. Like, literally, like, whole generations are just going to be born, live, and die, like, at home. I think that is true. I think, I feel like this is it. Yeah. This is it. So. I think uh, so. <laughs> so anyway, to take anyway, the people's minds off of the torment, the torment. of lockdown, <laughs> we are finally getting around to talking about the bane of both of our existence. Oh. Um, I talked to somebody who's training, trying to hone their singing voice and trying to train and cultivate that talent as part of my acting and as somebody who is a singing teacher and who does have the technical training and the know-how, and that is the epidemic across pop music 
of Becky voice. Becky voice. Yeah. The Becky voice. Yeah. Um, which I guess we could clarify as being like a very heavily over affected singing voice. Um, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to just demonstrate the Becky voice for you. Just give me a ahead. song to sing. Go ahead. Like, just uh, because you're the honored guest of this episode, um, go ahead and give me a song to sing. Oh, man. I didn't know I was going to have to think of something. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Britney, do Britney. Oh no, but Britney's voice is kind of like I feel it mm, would be kind true. of thumbing the scale because a lot of Britney's like vocal mannerisms might be the progenitor of the Becky voice. What about um? What about uh? Like the chorus something of he- that's totally conspicuously doesn't lend itself to it. Hero by Mariah Carey. Okay, 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 okay. Um, hang on. I think I might need to get the lyrics up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I know the chorus. Hang on. <clears throat> and then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on. And you then there inside and you know you can survive. Like that. That is that is pretty pretty good, Becky. <laughs> pretty yeah. good, Becky. Like legitimately, I keep thinking, like, do you know what? Maybe I should just cut a, a number of demos with this voice and start making my fortune because I everything else so. I'm doing is not working. Or if it's working, it's going <laughs> too slow. I think so. I mean, it's it's so like it is so the current pop music fashion to sing in that way. Um, and variations on that style of, yeah. of I think really really intense vowel modification. I guess is what it is. Like, yeah, it's it's a really intense distorting of the diction or something. Yeah, that's some good alliteration. Um, oh, great, yeah. actually. And um, so for everybody listening to this, let's just give you some examples of uh, pop singers that are some of the chief offenders in the current pop landscape. So um, who who's out there that's doing this? Um, Halsey. Halsey's a big one for this. Halsey. Halsey's got one type. I, I like what well, we can talk about this in a little bit, but I feel like there's two types. There's like the, yeah. the dark uh, the dark Becky voice, and there's the mm. really, really bright Becky voice. Um, yeah. Je- uh, Jesse Reyes is one that that comes to mind. Um, yeah, because a student, uh, a student from a couple of years ago, sang this song, and she sang it like that. And I was like, "Why are you singing singing it like that?" And then I listened to the original. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> right." Yeah. Um Sean Mendez might be another one. Um the, yeah. the singer from Passenger does that as well. Oh my god, yes, he's a big one for this. <clears throat> um and I think uh Ed Sheeran and James Bay are also culprits. Yeah. yeah. Um But you see, here's the thing, like across male uh singers, it's more sort of proliferating in like indie folksy mm-hmm. kind of music. Mm-hmm. But like with female singers, it's proliferating in like R and B kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um yeah. Andra Day, we were talking about Andra Day the other day. Um oh yes, her um on the uh, on her, the Hamilton mixtape. On the Hamilton mixtape. Um 
Which, like, I, I've listened to some of her other songs, and I don't think she sings like that all the time. Like, cause yeah. is there a rise or rise up is one of her other songs. And, mm. and I really like how she sings on that. Yeah, no, rise up is, is a, is a quite good song. And like, she's, it doesn't have as much of the same, uh, bad habits, shall we say, yeah, um, yeah. when she's singing it. And it's a lot easier and like to sing along and not, um, <laughs> go around with. But like, the thing is, we're not the only ones who have noticed Oddly enough, like, so Elizabeth Gillies um, of um, Victorious and now on Dynasty um, playing uh, Fallon Carrington, she uh, had, I think, what was it like? I think it was either Instagram or Snapchat. She was on her social media, like this was like last year, and she she called it seal singing. <laughs> oh, I think I maybe saw that. Yeah, so she was talking about how like trends of pop of pop singing styles have sort of shifted. So she was like, yeah, yeah in the 2000s, everyone was all hur, 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 mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of like kind of like trying to I don't know, kind of like a weird sort of aping of Cher's vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they used like uh, uh, that kind of Kermity sound there's exactly yeah and i think that was sort of like as a means of like distinguishing themselves from like every like all the other poppy people mm. like from the Britney and christina's sort of like as a means of like vocal shorthand for hey this is deep yeah 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 i think so yeah and then, so she was commenting about how, yeah, in the 2000s, it was always that, like, the her, her. And then now, in the last couple of years, we're seeing more people sort of distorting everything. And she, and so she's like, take the word just. They can never just say just. It's not just, it's just, just, just. Yeah. 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 And doing um, so much extra work. Yeah, I think like from from my perspective as uh, an educator and, and voice trainer, I think that like part of the issue is like it, it is extra work. Like it's not necessarily going to like kill your mm-hmm. voice or anything. It's just it's really hard work. It's really hard work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's because it's, I just tried singing like that for like what? Even just like when I jokingly, because for those for those of you that don't know, um, Blair is the director of uh, of the choir Errata, uh, of which I'm a member, and um, even just like when I torment Blair with my <laughs> Becky voice, <laughs> with my Becky voice renditions of multiple kinds of songs, even just doing that for five minutes, I'm so tired. I'm just like, oh, this is so much work mm. than just singing in the way my voice naturally wants to sing. Yeah, I think like it definitely feels like more work. There's definitely more work kind of needs to happen, I think, because you're holding things in a certain way. So mm. like if you're if you're doing like the the brighter version of it, where everything is super duper high, like the larynx is really, really high. Like when like when I'm trying to imitate that sound, I feel like that larynx pulls really high and my jaw pulls a little bit back and everything kind of gets tight. Mm. So yeah. So it kind of feels like I'm kind of doing this. Um, that's like the cutesy version. I call it the cutesy version yeah. of Becky voice, um, which feels like it feels like a quite a lot of hard work, and you're not going to get the same kind of movement in 
in uh, laryngeal posture um, to kind of create different vocal sounds or qualities or um, yeah. emotional effects or anything. Um, and then if you're kind of using the darker version of it, where the tongue is often really, really low, um, which is going to stop the larynx rising up with the pitch as it kind of goes up. Um, and we're not talking about huge movements, but letting the larynx rise up with the pitch and, and whatever else it needs to do, especially for things like belting or, or wherever you've got this kind of high intensity sound. Like when the tongue is low, it's, it's kind of getting in the way of it. Um, yeah. And so then people's jaws end up doing weird things. Oh, another thing is outlining the shape of a riff with your jaw. Why? Just why? Oh, my God. Like, even if you're not singing in Becky voice, this is its own kind of epidemic across a lot of pop singers. You see, even just to watch shows like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent and all of these shows where a lot of would-be and aspiring singers go mm. to just get seen, this is a thing that happens. Always, and they're always outlining the riff with them with their mouths and anytime they're going here there everywhere vocally it's like it's like they're trying to unhinge their jaws ever so slightly yeah. and it's like no 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 you can just you can just make the sounds this is too much work yep i mean it kind of you can sort of trace that even all the way back to like whitney houston or something who when when she's doing vibrato she would do vibrato with her face at least yeah. in in kind of her uh, her music videos you can see it really clearly i don't <laughs> excuse me i don't know if i've watched enough of her live performances to really pay attention to that i think if i'm just watching whitney houston singing live i'm just basically bathing in the glory of the sound um, right <laughs> but, but I, um yeah that was a definite uh mannerism that i think that whitney had but it's like at the same time I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because we're both biased and we both love Whitney and she's just the superior singer to all of the people we've mentioned so far. Like, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't maybe, don't at me. <laughs> maybe it's because we're biased in favor of Whitney that maybe somebody else who for whom just has straight up zero tolerance for the outlining the riff thing and doing the vibrato with mm. your face be like no i don't like it when whitney does it i don't like it when anybody does it yeah uh, i don't know like i, I like it really annoys me when i see her doing it in music videos because it just it totally looks like it doesn't fit even with the flow of, of the yeah. vibrato like it doesn't fit with the speed or anything and it feels very kind of intensely forced um okay but, so but on a slight tangent yeah. to do with the uh doing vibrato with your face this it's about that time where we talk about the Christina challenge on TikTok. <laughs> the Christina challenge, and how, the best challenge, and how literally all of the singers would do the same thing, and they would do the vibrato and like do the riff mm. with their faces. So, for those of you that don't know, um, the Christina challenge is uh, what people have been doing on across TikTok and other things, and it's like. What is it? It's um, it's from the song "Show Me How You Burlesque." Um, it's like the final, everything's good now. We're back to kicking ass and taking names, kind of thing. And you know, at the end of the film, burlesque, and this is the final performance. And um, there's a call and response bit that Christina is doing with the horn section of the band, and then she at the end goes. Oh, can you take it away, Blair? I hate you so much. I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember it now. We've sung it so many times. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
something like that. Exactly. That's what it goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God, I'm so off key. Sorry. It's okay. Me too. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Don't higher and more as Christina for, as Christina challenged or as. <laughs> No, legitimately. And like one of the first comments I saw in like the YouTube compilation that our friend Ian sent us was just like, why is everyone's jaw going here, there, everywhere? And they did like the arrow yeah. emoji. Yeah. So the it's it's really it's really interesting to watch it. I think like I think the jaw thing comes down to a couple of things. Like um as someone who who for, from my perspective um what what can be quite common someone might overwork in their jaw if they clench their jaw or grind their teeth because mm. it feels like something needs to move um otherwise if the jaw is overworking it's because something else is not kind of doing the work that would be more beneficial so the body feels like it needs to do something the other thing yeah. and i think that this kind of go might take us back into the conversation a, a little bit more is that um for for m- most of us i think we've grown up in a, in a school system which is like you have to show your work you have to show how you got to this result and so we kind of take that into our singing I think and so people feel like they need to show how hard they're working and end up then working harder than they need to because they feel like they need to show that they're working hard whereas um oh this is exactly right like and it's across I think it's it's particularly rife in the performing arts because mm. you see this in acting all of the time. You see it yeah. all the time. Anytime there's a there's a method actor and like there's this whole Hollywood like thing of like you have to see the work they're doing and mm. oh, they're so prolific kind of thing. But to the point where you wind up doing more than you actually need to. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like especially with, uh, with young singers, um, mm who who are kind of just kind of finding finding their voice i guess and finding their own way to tell a story this kind of interrupts mm-hmm. that process of getting to actually tell a story and the focus becomes and is becoming more on how do i make my voice sound like a brand yeah um and and how how can i show people how hard i'm working rather than focusing more kind of on a storytelling element and and thinking about the lyrical aspect of the song and using that to take me through an emotional journey rather than the actual (laughs) the actual difficulty in producing sound or the higher effort in producing sound yeah and um this is the thing and it's like we as a society really love rewarding people for doing the wrong things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, love, we love conferring awards and prestige on people who are so out of pocket <laughs> like, yeah 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 like because that's what it feels like i mean i don't know if you watch the oscars i started to watch them and then recorded it so i could watch it in the morning and then I think, what was it for the In Memoriam? Uh, It was, who was it? Was it Halsey singing Time After Time? I think it was. I don't know. I didn't watch it. And, well, yeah, you didn't miss much. I mean, Janelle Monae had a nice opening number. That was great. 
Well, it's Janelle Monet. I know. And then, and then, you know, the predictable people got upset when Bong Joon-ho won multiple times, including for best picture, but there you go. Um, and, um, yeah, I think it was Halsey singing time after time. And the in memoriam is usually like this somber thing where it's people who've been in the industry and it's not just stars or like actors. It's, it's everybody that's been in the industry that has, that's recently passed away. So actors, um, directors, writers, costumers, you know, um, stunt performers, choreographers, um, everybody that has been involved in the industry that's been in the industry who has passed in the, in that year. And it's quite sad and it always Mm -hmm. brings a tear to my eye. And, but this year (laughs) I felt really horrible because Halsey was singing time after time. And I was just like, I, 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 I'm trying to be sad and I'm trying to conjure emotions and feelings. But all I'm hearing is lying in my bed. I hear the clock tick. And I'm just like, Halsey, you need to stop this immediately. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. <laughs> I felt so horrible <laughs> for that. <laughs> I, I understand. And I, th- I think this, like, this is what bothers me so much about it. Um, is it completely disconnects the artist from the lyric because if you're not mm. if you're not going to sing the words that you're singing then you might as well just sing any words like just sing something else like yeah you know time after time very emotional song um and yeah. and if you're i I, f- I feel like people need to kind of when when they're singing they kind of need to honor the lyric a bit and and use that as the focus of of the storytelling, particularly in pop music. Um, something that certainly is really key in musical theatre, um, but is something that yeah. I I work really in depth with my pop clients. Actually, um, is kind of getting down to well, what are you actually trying to say in the song? But if you're not, if you're creating that barrier to the audience by distorting all the words, so that they will focus on how you're singing how you're singing rather than like the actual content of it then i feel like there's there's a disruption there um and i i for me it feels really inauthentic to hear that kind of thing whereas i feel like a lot of people find it very authentic um which which i think is strange like it's it's really kind of like paradoxical um yeah it's it's weird that like um like like we were talking about that like early 2000s kind of voice mm-hmm. and how yeah. it's like it's like a weird sort of like auditory shorthand where people think oh this means we're being deep this means emotional truth mm-hmm. and it's almost like it's like focusing on like like <laughs> I'm never not gonna hate on this movie. And if I'm just gonna say it, these singers are like the auditory version of every problem I had with the film Joker, in the sense of having all of the appearance of depth, but not actually having the depth. Mm, I, like having what looks like depth and imitating what they think depth is without actually doing the work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really odd as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, because there's 
there's presumably some good songwriting going on like there must mm. be some good lyrics in there um like i think seriously i mean people like ed sheeran and james bay they're not incompetent songwriters yeah i th- i think like it like in terms of a really extreme example of like distorted diction sia would be like probably the foremost thing in people's minds because She's like, party girl, don't get her, give me anything, where will I learn? Like, you can't actually understand what she says until you've either listened to it yeah. a few times or actually read what she's saying. Um, yeah. But, like, the like the lyrics for Chandelier, the, it, it's so weird that that's such a massive hit because it's about alcoholism. <laughs> like, and, I'll and- be honest, I think, I think a lot of people, I think it became a hit because a lot of people thought it was Rihanna. <laughs> Mm, interesting. Because Sia has this really strange ability to to almost almost very scarily like mimic the people she has written for. Mm, mm. So she's written a lot for Rihanna. And like I remember I first heard Chandelier and I was like, oh, this is a new Rihanna hit. And then I was like, Sia, holy shit. Like yeah, and um, and I think actually they they mimic her in return on the recordings yeah. of her because because Rihanna in in Diamond she sings uh, tonight shine bright and pronounces it like like that with that R type vowel rather yeah. than perhaps what is native to her accent or the yeah. more general American that she sometimes sings with. Um, so there's a, a back back and forth going on there, but. Yeah, it it feels like it, it's really strange because it does impact in that kind of understanding of the lyrics. Um, yeah, and it does get in the way. I had a, I had a, a, a story to tell you actually that I thought of earlier today, Ooh, which um, so I, I train like a lot of young singers who are wanting to go and study musical theatre at yeah, drama school. Okay. So, um, yeah, so for the audience, um, Blair is an educator. He teaches like industry classes and singing as well. That's that's me. That's Blair. That's me. Um, I teach so, yeah, song and spoken voice. Um, performers. Yeah, and um, the, the I had I had this girl who was fantastic, like amazing voice, amazing, 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 to the point where, like, you know, it's it's more guiding into um, guiding things to to be easier because she was already great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's obviously going to go somewhere really great after studying um anyway she she came in one day and have like having this amazing you know musical theater voice came in and, and wanted to to sing a pop song um which is fine um and so she started singing um what's the hosier song um my love humor yeah take me to church and she came in and she yeah. sang my love got humor She's a giggle at a funeral. And I remember it really distinctly because she pronounced the word giggle as ill. And I was like, what are you doing? And at the end I said, well, what, what was that accent you were doing with it? And she said, I don't, I don't know what you mean. That's just how I sing. I was like, no, no, that's not just how you sing. That's strange. Yeah. So um, on the educational standpoint, it's like you're battling against like, how much this has proliferated in pop because yeah, like your yeah. students aren't impervious to the influence of pop culture and everything oh, around no, for them. Sure. Like, you know, 
For sure. Presumably, I mean, like they're they're watching all of like the reality shows and well, no one's watching X Factor anymore, but you know, stuff like yeah, The I Voice mean, and maybe the All Britain's Got Talent thing and seeing even just the pop stars that are really like blowing up at the moment. Yeah, and young people learn a lot of the time by imitating other voices that yeah. they hear um before they really kind of find what they want to do with it. Um so it's it's really understandable to to get that imitation and it happens it was just so extreme having gone from like this kind of crystal clear sound and you know really easy diction not like intense forced diction which i also can't stand like it doesn't yeah that doesn't sound like musical theater to me that sounds like someone like a, a amateur production um so, well, so even if you're not trying to necessarily be a musical theater voice, even just from the perspective of being a pop singer, like a lot of pop singers just sing as they talk, like their natural yeah. with their natural cadence and their own natural like timbre and all the rest of it. And and so they don't affect anything. Like I think I was I I was I think I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, like they were asking what's the issue with, with this voice. And I was like, well, think about people like, I'll just throw a, um, someone who's been working for decades now, um, Tom Jones. Mm. Think about Tom Jones. Tom Jones is out here like belting and everything. Like he's like, he's 20, but he's what? He's how old now? I don't know. No idea. Sorry. In his seventies or so eighties. I'm like, and He's been he's been at this for decades. And so all of the best people who proliferate have been at it for decades and they don't have an affectation. A lot of the people that we still remember or that we still whose music we still want, whose people whose music we still stream are people who don't have that affectation. People who just sing as their voice naturally is. Another example, not not nearly working as long as Tom Jones, but even somebody like Beyonce, you know? Mm. Yeah, I I don't I don't really like the word natural when we're talking about singing because everything is everything is natural. We can do everything. It happens in a na- no, in, in nature. Is natural, um, but I, mean, I, like, I understand what you mean, like the more... the transition from speaking to singing feels mm. feels more natural um, because yeah. it because it doesn't then completely change the character of the voice. Whereas you know in in something like classical singing it is going to completely change the character of the voice, especially for female singers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you may have, have a man who speaks in a more operatic way. Um, we might, you know, you could associate that perhaps with like a lot of classical acting. Um, it kind of feels mm. like that's sort of where it fits, you know, due to the, the staging and acoustics and that kind of thing. Um, but there is that big difference and big separation between speaking and singing. Um, yeah. But I think for, for a lot of, a lot of, pop music and certainly musical theatre as well that transition is is not really a transition it's just you suddenly are pitching and there's not an audible change in quality there might be other things going on but um but it's not that it's not a really intense change in quality um I think yeah I think I would I think I'd be I would be fine with with Becky voice if that's how people spoke and then that's how they sang yeah, um, no, like, I, I would as well. <laughs> like, this is what may, maybe <laughs> maybe we're just old and jaded to I think be like, so. perhaps <laughs> maybe because <laughs> because like 
I live in London. I've lived in London for a few years now, and I think so have you. And I tell everyone, it's like, this is how you know you're a Londoner, is when you see a circle of people forming around a busker, you don't respect the circle and you just go right through. <laughs> that, that's very that's London. That's how you know that you're very a London. That's very London. And the thing is, it's like, I see this all the time. So many buskers with their acoustic guitars, all with the same affect of singing. And I literally get this uncontrollable urge to heckle. (laughs) Don't heckle people. Don't heckle them. Wait till afterwards. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I... I, (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think it's definitely like, definitely what we're talking about is a completely biased discussion of our taste um, and other people's taste. But at the same time, um, I feel like it's slightly more reasoned taste. That's how I'm going to defend myself. Like I've got reasons for for this taste. And it's like, you you don't need to do that much in the way of defending actually, because loads of people are picking up on this and a lot of people are starting to um, criticize this. So like this particular kind of mannerism is proliferating itself in, in R and B specifically, specifically in UK R and B. Right. But the thing that's sort of being coupled with that in, in the the UK R and B scene is a preference for a particular aesthetic of singer, a Mm. particular kind of look singer. And that's usually, ambiguous looking so like biracial or like exotic white looking curly hair the slick down edges baggy clothes like and and the becky voice oh my god billy eilish that's who i was thinking of earlier billy yeah. eilish sorry to interrupt your your train of thought that, nah, that doesn't good. describe no, billy no, eilish in any way <laughs> she does not fit that that aesthetic but you said baggy clothes and then it popped into my head Okay, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, she's also a bit of an offender of that. Like, I mean, listening to Ocean Eyes was... I don't... Like, it's a ni- it, It's a very nice song. I just can't get on board with it for reasons. Yeah, um, like, I, I've, I've had a couple of students singing her songs um, and mm. with varying degrees of success of, of n- not sounding like her. Um, yeah. Um. But actually, there's like actually some quite interesting lyrics, especially from such a young person. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, her lyrics alone uh, means that she's got something to say, and it's worth listening to yeah, her. Yep, yep, agree. Um, in, interestingly, I think that uh, there's there's definitely just one on that topic. There's definitely a tie between singing a song by an artist and then how difficult it is to not imitate them um i remember when i was at college there was a girl uh in the class who uh was from edinburgh who was singing zombie by the cranberries and she couldn't not sing it in in the same accent with all the same affectations as uh as dolores i can't remember her surname um yeah, but you know, she, she was saying "in your head, in your head, zombie," and the whole thing. And and our teacher at the time was like, "Why are you why are you singing in that accent? Sing it in your own accent." She's like, "I'm not, I'm not." So it's 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 not a new thing to to kind of have that imitation, but it's interesting. Anyway, sorry, I've just con- 
completely gone on a tangent. Um, no, aesthetic. it's fine. This is a podcast. Excuse me. Tangents are welcome. They're not only welcome, they're encouraged. <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, I welcome these tangents by all means. Add some tangents. Um, but yeah, like uh, we're not the only ones that have noticed. Like, and regarding UK R and B, it's it's contributing to um, a culture of um, colorism among singers, specifically black singers. Um, um, I don't know if this is something you've encountered within your wheelhouse. Um, or with any of the students you work with, Blair. It's just that um, what happens in a lot of pop culture among Black performers, specifically Black women, is that a lot of times people in charge of casting or who are in charge of um, giving record deals and picking up demos and all the rest of it will oftentimes have, will show a very keen preference for lighter skinned, ambiguous mm-hmm. looking girls. And so what's happening is that we're seeing a lot of people be shut out of the industry. A, because they don't have that affect with their singing and B, because they don't look the way a lot of people want them to. And um, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> so... There's this um, podcast uh, and social media person called called Uchechi. She's a Nigerian American uh, lady. She's on the grape. She's on um, the Grapevine uh, YouTube panel show, and she's also on um, Run the Tape podcast where they talk about like hip hop and R and B stuff. And she somebody put out um, a tweet. <laughs> If you aren't familiar with green tea peng, allow us to introduce you. And under it is a video of the uh, the artist in question, green tea peng, performing at the Colors Studio. Now we'll talk about Colors Studio in a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, and so Uchechi just said, Uchechi said, y'all keep pumping out these biracial avocado toast singers with the personality of a spoon in the range of my toe. We are tired. Nice, nice. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and that tweet, for the solid week after that tweet, it was it was a free-for-all under that tweet. Because mm. then people, someone called it the raspy and beige agenda. I can see that, I can see that. And I was just like, okay, that's enough Twitter for you. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're right, but that's enough Twitter for you. Like, <laughs> um, so to highlight um, the... So because I'm a very messy individual, and you've already seen this, but because I'm a very messy individual and I love me some drama... I compile, I made a video compilation of four singers, um, all of whom are singing in the Colors studio. And they they all have the same kind of affect and a very similar sort of look. And, mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I put that out there. And one of the singers is called Tertia May. She actually messaged me on Instagram. Oh, no. I know. I'm a hater. Oh, no. You are. You are. Terrible. I know. I'm such a hater. Like, 
No, it's terrible. Mary J. Blige doesn't want me in the dancery. Shit. Like, it's well, the song. Like, don't need no hateration, yeah, yeah, holleration yeah. in the dancery. Nah. We're nah, not going I'm not to the dancery. Mary J. We're kicked out. Nah, Mary J. Black doesn't want us in the dancery. We're but, haters. But was she talking, was she including avocado toast singing in this? Or, I mean, is it, I, I feel like she might make a, an exception there. Because, you know. Maybe. Um, but also, I just remember, I think that Vine, was it Vine or was it Snapchat? Of just like, indie girls be like, welcome mm. to my keychain. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have been nice. And avocados. Yes. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think <laughs> there's some level of um, conformity into it? I was just thinking there when you were talking about the the um, the aesthetic as- aspect mm. of it, and the kind of conformity to sounding like that, because it does make people sound really interchangeable. Um, yeah. Which. Which... Yeah, and I think a lot of the thing is, it's like, okay, we've had our fun being haters, but honestly, I'm going to be a bit empathetic now, and I'm going to say it's not even necessarily the fault of the singers themselves, mm, mm. because they're doing what it, they're doing what has already been decided before them yeah. is, is marketable. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure, for sure. They're responding to these market trends and they're responding to, well, this is who's getting attention. This is who's getting seen. This is who's getting booked. Mm -hmm. If I want to get booked, I need to be on that kind of same wavelength. Yeah. You know? For sure. Like, I mean, it kind of comes about with like sort of any singer who becomes successful, then there's a succession of people that are kind of pushed into a mold of sounding very much like them. Uh, I remember when, when Amy Winehouse... Um, had um, the Back to Black album. There was oh yeah. There was like a- after her, after her came a whole explosion of neo soul mm-hmm. throwback singers. You know, it, it was yeah. during that time we got you know the Duffies and the Pixie Lots and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all kind of singing in that similar way, um, and and with a similar kind of sound. I feel like with this because because it's it's so intensely distorted. It's really hard. To, to tell people apart even more yeah um because it's no it's very difficult to tell people apart like even me just listening to pop now i'll be like um so which one is this is it lma or is it georgia smith or Mm. is it who like tell me (laughs) like Mm. but you know it's it's what's what's super sellable at the moment what is what is gonna I suppose push their careers forward, and yeah. Um, so, and I guess it, it comes down to branding yourself as a certain kind of artist in a certain way, and therefore, exactly, exactly. And um, in that vein, this is why I actually have more of a gripe with with organizations like the Colors Studio. Mm. So, uh, for people that don't know, the Colors Studio is um, a platform that. Um, that showcases up and comers, newcomers in, uh, in music. So they'll, um, have colors performances and, um, the artist or the group or the band or the duo or whoever is singing in like just a sparse room of just one color with like a drop down mic or the room is just one block color. 
and it's their setup just to let the music speak on its own and to introduce more people to new acts and a new sound. Mm. But the thing is, even colors, like they have, they actually have quite a diverse range. It's just that when you're looking for an R&B singer with the color studio, they have a particular propensity for choosing that particular kind of R&B singer with that particular kind of look mm. and that particular kind of sound. So even organizations that are uh, that are all about giving a spotlight to new people, to up-and-comers, are showing a preference for this particular thing. So a lot of people are responding to that. A lot of people that want to be in are saying, well, if I want them to showcase me, I've got to play the game. I've got to be like everybody else. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think like that's certainly true Like of, of um, students I've worked with and singers I've known. They will mm. morph themselves into something that they think is... is um, sellable i had i had a auditioned a girl a while ago for something um and she said oh everyone tells me i sound like amy winehouse going back to amy winehouse mm. and i said okay what are you singing for audition amy winehouse and then did like an amy winehouse impression um yeah so i think like there's like there's there's definitely some kind of sense of people molding themselves to what they know is going to be popular at the time it feels like this like has lasted a really really long time as as a trend yeah um because it feels like things yeah m- been, maybe move a little yeah, bit more quickly been, usually but this yeah. this is very much kind of settled maybe because there's there's so many kind of prominent singers who are <laughs> or so many singers are coming out and becoming more prominent and therefore then more people come out trying to sound like those singers and yeah. it, it kind of propagates itself for the moment. Yeah. Um, no, it is propagating itself a bit more. It's like you can almost sort of track it from around 2010-ish, mm. from about 08 to 2010, and we're, about, we're coming up on just over a decade of this kind of mm-hmm. thing proliferating. And honestly, I think... This is just what happens in pop culture. Like mm. even even other artists, more established artists, talk about when they were coming up dealing with the exact same thing. Like yeah. a, a, an example that comes to mind is is Pink. Mm. You know, yeah. and when she first came out, she was all R and B, and um, she was being produced by L.A. Reid, and it was all this like new R and B sound. And she talks she talks very openly. Uh, on multiple occasions, actually, about how they kept trying to model her on Christina Aguilera. They kept trying to make her out to be the next Christina. And she was like, but that's not me. That's not who I am. Mm. That's great for Christina, but I'm not that. I'm somebody who is different. Yeah. I, I think that, I think it's interesting. Um, I, she's, a, she's a good example of kind of working between genres because like her mm. her singing in that album really fitted with that style like she just sounds yeah. like a, a late 2000s R&B singer like it's really really fitting for it and then she went into I mean she now kind of stays more with the sort of pop rock type um yeah high intensity belt but it like it's interesting that some it's a good example that you brought up because it shows how a voice can move between genres quite mm. seamlessly and it not sound too yeah. too jarring or too different. Um, 
or but, too like forced. Yeah, like, they're not yeah, putting yeah, anything on. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think definitely there's there's a lot of a lot of extremely intense pressure on on young artists, particularly female artists, to conform to to industry guidelines or standards or whatever they want to call it. Um, I, I think because of the way the music industry has really changed so much in the last, well, maybe since around kind of 2010 as well, actually since, since we're in that time, the last 10 years, probably 15 years, um, where the, there's much more emphasis on the artist building their fan base before yeah. they get noticed and um, before they get, signed even by management who would then put them forward to record labels and that kind of thing um i remember having a um a conversation with with someone when i was at uni um and they had like an industry day and we spoke to people and um my friend and i went and spoke to this guy who was a manager and he was very very dismissive of us he uh the first thing he said was oh well how how many people can you get to come to a gig um because uh if you can't get 250 then don't bother talking to me um and it was very, it was really kind of like abrupt. And it, it, it's, I mean, young people aren't dumb. Young singers aren't dumb. They can see that they need to cultivate a fan base for themselves. And yeah. one of the best ways to do that is to sound like other singers. Um, because then you, yeah. you've got a built-in market. You've got a market that, that yeah. you can take things out to. Um, it's yeah, like, definitely. yeah. And it's like you see this again. This isn't just to do with singing. This is happening across all of the perfor- across the performing arts in yep. general. Yep. Um, you see that, um, like that that example you just said of the guy who was like, "If you can't get two hundred and fifty people, don't even bother." It's mm-hmm. it's exactly like what we're having, what we're seeing in a lot of the casting for a lot of um, stage shows in the UK theatre industry. So so what's happening is. Th- Casting directors and the producers behind shows are sort of flocking to YouTubers Mm -hmm. and people with large social media following over everybody that's been killing themselves in stage school or who's been training. And it's just a case of, oh, well, there's already a fan base here. There's already a a pre-existing audience of people who we can, who we can get to buy Mm -hmm. tickets yeah for sure yeah and um see but the thing is a lot of the people they've picked aren't so great now this isn't true across the board there have been plenty of examples where they've gotten people you know who have been youtubers and everything but who have the skills and the training to back it up a good example is um i think carrie hope fletcher carrie hope fletcher oh yeah 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 um she uh played veronica in um in um heathers in heathers was she yeah. veronica Sorry. i thought she was heather chandler I don't know. No, I'm really I'm bad not. at people's names, so I might have just like assigned, <laughs> assigned this name that I know to the wrong person. So sorry. No, it's fine. She she played um no, she played um Veronica. Mm-hmm. And her voice is ridiculously powerful. Yep. Like 
So this is the thing. It's like, it's not always a bad move to pick somebody who has the following mm-hmm. and who has the social media audience and everything, but they need to have the skills to back it up. I mean, I mean, I saw ghost the musical and I, they cast Sarah Harding Mm-hmm. because she's from Girls Aloud and yep. Yep. <clears throat> excuse me and um we also have that turned out <laughs> like yeah yeah that was that was a definitely thing that happened it was a mm. it was a choice that was made that was perhaps not the best casting choice not for from an audience it perspective was- but also for for her as an as an artist as well it's not you know yeah they're they're putting people into situations where they can't actually fill the brief um, exactly. They can't fulfill the job role effectively. And then yeah. this show closes down because people don't want to go see it. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it is really, it's frustrating and it's frustrating from, from the perspective as, uh, of a creative and it's frustrating from the perspective of, of, um, an, <laughs> excuse me, an educator who's, you know, I work with undergraduate students who are preparing to go into the industry. Um, who you come and who you came and met some of them and, and did a great talk with them. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and so yeah, I came to bless students about professional voiceover. Woo-hoo. That is a thing I do. That is a thing at which I'm a professional. That people ask me for my expertise about. Uh, it never ceases to freak me out because, like. <laughs> Even just trying to be an adult, I still feel like a kid playing adult. Mm. Uh, so anytime someone's like, come and speak to my students, I'm like, but I'm only ickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm really young as well and I don't have my shit together, but yeah. I'm old. I'm old. I'm so old. And you ain't old. I'm a bit old. I'm a bit old. But that's yeah. okay. That's okay. Hmm. So yeah, with the students. Mm-hmm. I think like kind of being being on kind of both ends of 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 um people kind of going into into the industry, um seeing students and kind of what they're up against. We really kind of have to try and instill in, in people the importance of getting their social media together, which mm. I don't think I don't think a lot of people want to do or enjoy doing. Like, I hate marketing myself on social media. I hate it so much. I hate when I see it. There's a, no, I've got a f- I mean, obviously. It's, and- it's really hard. I've got a few friends who are really good at it. And, and actually, you see their marketing. You're like, do you know what you're saying? Um, what you're saying about your, your products, your services is actually true. And actually, you're giving a really good representation of yourself. And then I see other people yeah. that I know who are really overselling themselves and overselling what they can actually yeah. do. And it, it makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Um, and like, yeah, it, it is quite weird. And um, I think like a lot a lot of people I know and a lot of creatives are really quite resistant to that and resistant to getting into that zone um, for, no, for kind of similar reasons. The thing is, yeah, and I can, even just from on a personal level with myself, um, it's, I, I struggled so hard with, oh, but I don't want to do social media, and, uh, but it feels so wanky having to promote myself mm. and it's like I'm so up my own ass. Uh, whereas like, it's like you have to step into the role of being the soulless ad executive. Yeah. And the reason you're a creative is because you don't want to be in that. 
That's why so many creatives, yeah. Yeah. I think, are resistant to that because it feels so antithetical to everything that you want to be and do. Yeah. And yeah. it's a bit like, no, but this is what marketing people are for. I'm not a marketing person. Like, yeah, you know? Yeah. It, um, it, so, it's, yeah. It's it's very hard trying to find that balance. And it's why actually like I struggled for so long. And it's it's honestly why I'm it's why I'm doing this podcast now, because I think I finally found the method that gels with me. Because mm. I love talking. I love talking. I love shooting this shit. I love pop culture. I love talking about pop culture with people. So it's like this is this is what I'm doing as a means of hopefully reaching other people like myself and fellow creatives. Mm. But also this is the method that allows me to sort of stay true to what I want to be and what I want to do. And it doesn't feel so antithetical to what I've already been doing. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, so yeah, I guess just don't start doing your podcast in Becky voice and and we'll be fine. <laughs> and um just find find one part of social media that really gels with you that yeah. you can like really like really be really good at and excel at and just stick with that. <laughs> you know, don't try and do everything, just find a couple of things that really gel with who you are or who you want to be as a performer. Hmm. That's good advice. Or like how, or like how you want to be known. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because I used to struggle with this so much of the, Oh, but I should do this. I should want to do that. I, why, why isn't this happening? And then I was just like, do you know what? Take a step back, calm down and just be, yourself like hmm. obviously curate yourself because that's what we always do we're we're constantly curating ourselves even without social media that's all we ever do curate ourselves but like curate the version of like yourself that you want to be known as and like find the part of social media that gels with that and is like right bam here we go hmm. Hmm. And then, of course, if you're really good at that and you can do your avocado toast voice, then you then you've created your brand. You've created your brand, and you're you're yes. you're ready to you're ready to go to Colors Studios. Yes, like legitimately under like that whole free for all on Twitter. Somebody was like, "Well, that's the formula. Time to start paying off these student loans." I was like, <laughs> "You know what? Yeah." <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, you know what? If it's gonna work for them, maybe, maybe, maybe we should just not embrace it, but um, just allow it to pass us by in a in a zen <laughs> and calm I mean, way. Oh, sorry, that's let's me. Be zen. Oh, sorry, that was that was my phone. That was so bad. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. The but yeah, no, let's let's try and adopt a more let's try and uh, adopt a more zen attitude and be cool and empathetic and everything. And we should be we should extend our empathy to the Becky voice singers. We should. Even though it's still mercy. terrible. 
No, it's terrible, but they are, we can all agree they're at the mercy of a giant pop culture machine yes. that's decided that that's what is that, marketable. That is, so I'm that like, is you the know voice. what? I'm not even mad at you. I'm not even mad at you. I'm mad at the system that created this idea that that's what you need to do. Hmm. Hmm. Zoe Deschanel is another person who's just popped into my head. Oh my God. Yes. The whole, oh God, like Zoe Deschanel and a whole host of other things have literally contributed to my hatred of the word adorkable. Ew. I don't think there's any situation where that word should be liked or appreciated in any way. I know, but it was like the whole thing in like the the 2010s of like, you know, when New Girl was the thing and like it was all about the hipster chicks and the mm -hmm. manic pixie dream girls. With your ukulele and your... I, I, and With the ukulele and the nice sundresses and the cardigans and the brogues. Oh boy. In it, in it. So fun. Such fun. So yeah, so let's be, kind. let's be kind. Let's be kind. Let's start it right now. I'm going to start yeah. it right now. Let us be kind. And remember, remember, when you see or hear any pop singer manipulating or putting on an affect to their voice, remember, it is not their fault. It is the fault of the record companies. Smash the record companies! Okay. Seize the means of production! Okay, I'm ready. Seize the means of production! Yeah! Yeah! With, with Seize back your voice! Seize back your voice, take control, do the things that you want to do that sound cool. And Democratize vocalists! Democratize pop music! Put it out on SoundCloud! Yeah, oh yeah, because there, there is now a, like, a paid option on SoundCloud where you can earn revenue from it, which is pretty cool. Yeah! Back yeah. in back my day. I actually really like that. I really like that as an idea because yeah. time was, you'd have to like send off the cassette and hope they would listen and oh, mm -hmm, please, mm -hmm. sir, may I have a record deal? And now it's just like, well, I can just put it out there and if people For like sure. it, then sure. great. Yeah. And there's so many great options. Get an online mm. distributor, send them the stuff yeah. and then and then it goes everywhere. Um, yeah, but Sound SoundCloud is good. SoundCloud is really easy to upload stuff to as well, so. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. Any parting thoughts? Um my parting thoughts are I hope you have a good evening. There you go. And and <laughs> my my full Becky voice for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, the full Becky voice. And hopefully you've really enjoyed this episode of the paradoxical podcast oh yeah i have <laughs> okay so um uh great thank you so much for agreeing oh, to thanks. talk to me blair thanks for having me it's, it's been a fun thank time you for sharing it has. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Oh, I don't feel like I shared that much. I just talked about things I don't like. <laughs> but but thanks for having me. It's been a fun time. <laughs> you did share your expertise. Oh, but also before we go, 
where can the people find you? Do you want the people to find you? Your social media. Drop any what? handles if you would like it. Um, people can find me on Instagram at bkellyvoice. Um, send all your hate mail there. Yeah. And maybe some expensive presents as well would be fine. Awesome stuff. <laughs> or pictures of cats. That that would be ideal. The more cats, the better. <laughs> Thank oh, you, Terry. Say hi to Edward for me. I will. I will. Edward is Blair's cat. He is the. He's just the best. He's just the best. He's fat and he's cute and he's black and he's adorable. He is. We were playing. We were playing uh, video games earlier. He likes to jump on the TV and try and catch the things. <laughs> nice. Yep. 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 Awesome stuff. And uh, thank you for uh, being there to chat to us uh, in this time of COVID-19. Where we all got to stay inside and stay safe and don't do stupid shit. Everybody stay the fuck inside. No, legitimately. I'm not playing with you. Stay inside. Stop going to the park and playing basketball in the basketball court and stop... uh, pulling down all the tape that was around the outdoor gym and doing workouts in the gym. How about that? I'm not so in any much. way projecting on what I saw on Thursday, but you know. Like, honestly, I went to run in the park. I'm sorry, but I had to get out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And it's like, I was giving everybody like a two meter wide yep. berth. So I'm like a crazy person running through the park. And like some people, and I'm just like, can can you just can you just not like about half of you need to leave yes yes so <laughs> the the, the cis hetery of it all oh dear <laughs> oh dear <laughs> oh no you've said that now the heteros are upsetteros <laughs> oh no I I'm, want that to be my new tagline. I'm going to put that as a hashtag for everything I post now. Just like the heteros are upsetteros. I love that. That's wonderful. Oh, just like my favorite one is the straights are at it again. <laughs> Not again. Not again. Why? 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 Why would you do this? Oh, the straights. Every are time. Even okay? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they're not anyway thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the paradoxical podcast mr blair thank you for having me on this episode of the paradoxical podcast yay, yay! awesome stuff yes and for posterity yay you passed the show me how you burlesque challenge Hells yeah! Watch out, Christina. I'm a comfort your career next. I think I, I wouldn't mess with Christina. I think she would probably beat you up. She'd probably it's beat me true. up as well. She probably would. She probably she would beat us up. She would so fight. <laughs> she would fight us for sure. It's true. Also, on a last tangent, Christina makes singing sound like such hard work. Yes. It's just like, she sounds good, 
but it sounds like it's just such grueling work. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I agree. I'm like, I don't think singing should sound like it's this hard. It should sound somewhat breezy, shouldn't it? Um, I feel like she does work very, very hard when she sings. Um, she works so hard. Um, I think she, she, yeah, she she just always works kind of at a ten, where maybe she doesn't need to, but uh, mm. that's what she wants to do and that's why people like her i guess um yeah. it's it's uh <laughs> kind of grueling to listen to and i imagine not particularly pleasant to do but but some people really like to feel a lot of things working when they sing so yeah. so and that's what i'm gonna say about christina aguilera before she comes and fights me Oh my God, she's going to beat us up. Like, it's already bad enough that Mary J. Blige doesn't want us in the dancery because we're haters. <laughs> and now Christina's going to beat us up. Like, she is. She's going to show us how to burlesque. <sighs> Stomp on us with the burlesque heels. No, no. Right in the eye. <laughs> ah, ah, no, no, my eyes. I can't see anything, Christina. Oh, oh you know, I, because, because she's a fighter. That's the pun I was looking for. <laughs> okay. And on that note. On that terrible note. <laughs> thank you again for joining me. Thank and you. You can find the Paradoxical Podcast primarily on Podbean. I'm also going to put this up on uh, Apple. Is it iTunes or is it? I don't. Yeah, iTunes or it's Apple Music Apple or. Person. Yeah, whatever I, I... it is, whatever Apple has that hosts the podcasts. Whatever I think it's the just called podcasts on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to put it on there. I'm going to put it on SoundCloud and a bunch of other places. There's so many podcast platforms. And it's like you need to be on all of them for maximum exposure. Ugh. All the things. This is exhausting. Well, thanks again for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Great. And see everybody in the next one. Goodbye. Bye.